Amen. Take our seats for a moment. I say moment, it'll be a few moments. As we gather, we on this Resurrection Sunday. If you've got a Bible, I'm going to open the Scripture this morning, 1 Corinthians 15. Uh, the Apostle Paul giving us a good lesson on what the resurrection means to us. And while you're finding that in your, in your Bibles, what an amazing weekend that we've had so far. How many were at the Good Friday Walk of Witness? We're in, in the market square praising God, lifting high God's name. We're carrying the cross through the city that people can see that something is happening. And it's a good Friday. It was a good Friday, and we can celebrate that. And then Saturday morning, we were in outside Waitrose giving out hot chocolates and little gospel tracts, and uh, we were chatting to people, praying for people, and uh, it was good fun. You were there, weren't you, John? Yeah, it was good. It was good. We're out there. And I think in the space of an hour, we probably gave over 200 um, drinks, and it was a hot day, and people were still drinking hot chocolate. And uh, this morning, the worship, man, is oh, amazing how we can gather like this and just praise God. And we're going to take communion for, uh, also this morning. And uh, this afternoon at 3 o'clock, we have our baptism service. So we've been having people do the Alpha course, and they're getting to know Jesus, and they want to be baptized. So um, praise God for that. You know, I think it's truly amazing to be part of this wonderful community. Uh, of Lighthouse and all we're doing here and all that's going on. And uh, I'm just so pleased that I'm just a part of that and uh, so pleased to see what God's doing because amazing things are happening if we just open up our hearts and open up our ears and our lives and see what God is doing and see and hear what the Spirit of God is saying to us as a church. We've always been open to that. We're always knowing what God's doing and uh, just a privilege to be a part of it. Um, we're celebrating Resurrection Sunday this morning, and uh, we're reminded, aren't we, for Christians, this resurrection was one of those defining moments. It's one of those things where uh, we know that Christ rose from the dead on the third day. He beat sin and death as he rose, and he took his place reigning as King of kings and Lord of lords. He is now the power supreme that reigns in the world, the creation, if you like. Um, we understand that this is God's creation, and we understand that what Jesus has done is set about the new creation. And um, this defining moment, a defining moment, is that fundamental point in our lives where everything changes. And for Christians and Christianity, the resurrection is that defining moment. It's that moment in which all other moments are to be understood and worked through. And it's that launching point that everything now we understand in light of the resurrection. It was that defining moment. And our belief and our lives are rooted and grounded and founded in the fact that Jesus Christ of Nazareth was raised from the dead. That is how everything else is to be understood. And our belief and the way we live is in the light of a new creation. And at no point in history of, the, of Christianity 
has this ever been forgotten. This has always been foundational to, to our Christian faith. And you can tell from the characters of those first believers, those, those who found the empty tomb, those who stood up and preached the gospel in the power of God because they knew Christ was raised from the dead. Even when it came to suffering persecution, even when it, uh, they faced the possibility of death, they were so convinced that Christ is risen from the dead that nothing could persuade them, nothing could dissuade them. They had the resurrection gave them purpose. The resurrection gave them a point of testimony. And then my two points this morning is one, our testimony, and two is our purpose. What is it that drives us today? What is it that keeps us going through the challenges that we face in life? Is it the fact that we know that we have new life because of what Christ has done? That we live in the purposes of God? And that we have the testimony that not only was Christ raised from the dead, that we too are raised. Jesus and those early followers, you know, went from, from hiding to preaching out in the streets. I wonder how many Christians today are hiding their faith, are hiding the, maybe from their workmates, maybe from their uh, colleagues, maybe from their families, feared of maybe being ridiculed maybe fear of what people will think of me. You know, if I'm out there on the streets giving away hot chocolate and praying for someone in the midst of a busy town, what are people going to think of me? I tell you, when you have the kind of purposes, the kind of uh, testimony that these guys had, you know, that is something that gives you that incredible boldness, knowing that the gospel of the kingdom uh, knowing that the kingdom of God is at hand and knowing that you have the good news, the gospel of the kingdom, ready to give somebody. And uh, those early disciples, they would have understood the resurrection in, in, a, in a very Jewish mindset. Certainly the apostle Paul and the other disciples, this is something that the people had longed for. They'd awaited the Messiah. They'd awaited the time when finally Israel would be restored and the people of God would come under the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And this was prophesied and waited for all these times. And then this defining moment happens, that this uh, the Jesus' teaching is now being affirmed by his resurrection, by the fact that he's beaten death. And here is then all these men and women that were drawn to him now are people who are drawing others to Christ. And where they saw Jesus healing people, where they saw Jesus setting people free, casting out demons, where they saw these uh, wonderful works that Jesus did in his lifetime, now they're beginning to do these works for themselves and beginning to teach and preach that people should repent and come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And that has not changed for us today. You know, where we want to see people healed, we want to people see people saved, and we people um, come to the knowledge of God. And if it means challenging the authorities, means challenging those things that are around us that will try and oppress and depress us, that we can come to the point where, so no, I'm not going to bow down to these things because I serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I serve the God Almighty and Jesus Christ who came and he gave his life for me. And I don't have to fear death. I don't have to fear sickness. I don't have to fear these things because I'm operating in a new creation. I'm operating now as if 
I'm going to be in the end when the final resurrection comes. I want to live the new life that I have been given now. Now is eternal life that you believe in Jesus Christ whom, whom God sent. Now is eternal life. We start acting and operating in the resurrection life right now. I'm a little bit more excited than you. <laughs> Only a little bit. These defining moments. Have you had a defining moment? Have you had a time in your life when you said, yes, I used to be one way, but now I'm another. I used to be in sin and darkness, but now I'm in righteousness and the light. Do you have that defining moment? For Christ Jesus, the defining moment was his resurrection. And throughout history, God has desired relationship with human beings, God's own creation. And time and time again, they came failing the covenant. The covenant was made, the covenant was broken. Yet God continued to show his love and his mercy. And he was faithful to human beings, even though they were unfaithful. And in the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament, one of the most defining moments was the Passover. It was the time that they painted the blood on the doorstep, on the doorposts, and the angel of death passed over. And they were released from, from slavery from Egypt, and they, uh, they ate their meal in haste at Passover, and the people were freed from slavery and ready to follow Moses into the Promised Land. And for centuries, Jews would tell this story over and over again, and it was that night that Jesus was betrayed that he was celebrating Passover with his disciples. And as he did the Passover, he links it in with the new covenant. We're going to celebrate that communion today as well. It's that moment, that defining moment for those disciples, that what was meant of old in Passover was now becoming new in the new covenant. He was creating this defining moment. You know how they crossed the Red Sea that they, uh, in, in like a baptism, didn't they? And they came into the uh, promised land where they were given a new covenant. And Jesus says, I'm making a new covenant in my blood that was shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. And uh, my body is broken for you. And Jesus Christ became that Passover lamb. He became that one where the angel of death would pass by. And he began something new and everything changed. What is our testimony? What is our Passover? What is our Red Sea experience? What is our uh, defining moment? Can we say with hand on heart, say, yes, I've come out of that old life where I was a slave to sin. Have I come out of that old nature and have I come into a new creation? Have I got my defining moment? Have I experienced a new birth for myself? Have I made that personal commitment to Jesus Christ? Have I done that? Do I have a moment I can look back and say, that was my moment. That was the day that I accepted Christ to be the Lord and Savior, to be the one to come into my life. This is more than just theory. This is more than just Scripture. The Apostle Paul, um, I said I was in 1 Corinthians 15. Should we read that? Apostle Paul, is, uh, this is one of his most important verses in his, in his writings, and it's the most important piece of doctrine. But you know, you've got to have the experience that comes with doctrine. 
You've got to have the experience of the life of Christ in your life. What we read on the page has to make a difference in our lives. We're not just playing church. We're not just learning scripture. We're living it. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3 and 4. Christ died for our sin in accordance with the scripture. You know, we take scripture and we personalize it. It was our sin that he was crucified for. And he was buried so that he was raised on the third day accordance with the scripture. You see, for the Apostle Paul, the resurrection of Christ was more than just a doctrine. He would go about telling of his experience, his defining moment on the road to Damascus. The story you can find in Acts chapter 9, you can read it for yourself. But one thing Paul asks when he's sitting on the ground, uh, blinded, he says, who are you, Lord? You know, he recognized he was the Lord, but he didn't know who he was. And Paul went from knowing about Jesus. He was a scholar. He knew the scriptures. He knew the stories. He knew that everyone was waiting for this Messiah. He knew about this Jesus, but he was actually persecuting the followers of Jesus. But he went from knowing about Jesus from something he could have read into knowing Jesus personally. And that knowing Jesus personally set him on a journey. It set him on a path that changed his entire world. And he went about turning the whole world upside down because he'd met the resurrected Lord Jesus. But this is Paul's story. What about our story? Maybe we haven't had those murderous thoughts and maybe we haven't gone around persecuting Christians as the Apostle Paul did. But we were once going in the wrong direction. We were once going down that path of destruction, walking in sin and darkness, but we had a defining moment. And Paul doesn't write too much about the life of Jesus. He highlights the important bits. Um, but here he's writing to the, to the church in Corinth in Greece. And he, he doesn't leave out the resurrection. It's got to be one of the most important things. And it's recorded in the Gospels, attested to by historians of how Jesus died and rose again, how they couldn't find the body and that he was witnessed to by um, hundreds and hundreds of people. But all of Jesus' life, we know, has been attested to. We know he lived a sinless life, born of a virgin. We know that he was filled with the Holy Spirit to restore humanity. You know, you think Jesus going around doing things, good things, he begins to restore humanity in the sense of what he's going to do as a foretaste in what he's going to do in his death and his resurrection. And we live now, don't we, as a, as a foretaste of what happens at the end in our resurrection. And now as faithful saints, we await for his return. When Jesus Christ will come for his bride and the final enemy is defeated and we are raised with him into an eternal glory where the kingdom of God is now not yet will then be fully realized. What we know in part will become clear because we'll finally see him as he is and he is revealed. We shall be fully like him, changed and transformed into his glorious image. But now our testimony is that we are living in part of that. When Paul talks in his eschatology, when he talks about the end coming, he always talks about live now as if you're that new creation 
already. I live now with purpose, which was uh, my next, second point, testimony. What is our testimony? My second point is our purpose. And we know we have purpose in life because of the resurrection. And the biggest problem that we will ever face is death and decay. And that's something that we cannot, any of us, escape from death and decay. But God has given us the answer in Jesus Christ. We know that that was the curse upon Adam and Eve. And the other curse was that their labor would be fruitless, that they would work and work and work and nothing would come of it. And I wonder how many people today are living under the fear of these curses that no matter what they seem to do, nothing ever changes, or that they live in fear of death and decay. When Jesus Christ has the answer, an understanding of the resurrection gives our life purpose. And the understanding of purpose is vital to the stability of our entire beings. Purpose is what we need. It's an aspirational value, yes, but it's also that value that mitigates against the suffering that we all face. Along with essential needs, of course, food, water, shelter. We, you know, we need reason in our life. We are reasonable beings and we need a reason. You need a reason to get up in the morning. You need a reason to go and preach the gospel. You need a reason. And that purpose-driven life, that purpose that drives us forward, drove those first disciples forward with the confidence that the risen, in the risen Lord that they could preach the good news of Jesus Christ, that they could suffer for the sake of the gospel, that they could stay steadfast, immovable in the purposes of God. That, um, that no matter what situation they faced, they said, Lord Jesus, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Give us that purpose. Give us that direction. There's a time when they faced being put into prison and they prayed, didn't they? They said, Lord, give us even more boldness that we may preach. How many of us would have run and hide and get away from it? But oh, let us preach your word with more boldness. Let signs and wonders be done through your apostles. This purpose that they had, this purpose, I think we need some of that purpose because some of us do struggle. Some of us do struggle to find meaning and purpose and maybe because of our experiences and things and we've tried this, we've tried that and it's always seemed to end up in failure and we give up. But Paul says we never give up precisely because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that our work is never in vain. Let's just read that and I'm closing shortly. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 13 says this, If there is no resurrection from the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our proclamation has been in vain and your faith is in vain. If Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those who have died in Christ have also perished. For this, for this life only we have hoped in Christ and we are the people to be most pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have died. Therefore, my beloved, be steadfast, immovable, always excelling in the, in the work of the Lord, because you know that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. You know, I was talking to an elderly gentleman in town yesterday, and, it, and he was saying how his, his brother had died like last year or the year before. 
uh, recently. And it was painful to him. And I felt these words coming out of my mouth like, uh, at least you know he's in a better place. And then I thought, maybe he doesn't know that. Maybe he doesn't have this kind of hope. Maybe he doesn't believe in resurrection. Maybe the kind of hope he has is kind of a vague, wishy-washy kind of, maybe, you know, hedge our bets kind of hope. Maybe he doesn't know Christ in the power of his resurrection. Maybe I could introduce him to Christ. Maybe he could have faith in God. I do wonder how people cope in life when they don't believe in the resurrection, when they don't take the scripture seriously, when they don't put faith in Christ. What hope is there? There's the to be pitied. He says, we're pitied if there's no resurrection, but there is a resurrection. This gives us purpose because we live in the light of eternal hope. You know, when Paul wants to drive the point home of what it means to be fully human, what it means to be flourishing in this life, what it means to be the new creation, it's always in the light of what God is doing in the end. You know, if you've got purpose, it means you can see the end. There's a famous saying, isn't it, there? You can see the light at the end of the tunnel. You can see that end goal. Why do we live the way we live? Is because we can see our end. And our end is not in death, hell, and destruction. That's not our end. Our end is in the glorious resurrection from the dead. Our end is in the new heaven and the new earth. Our end is with Christ, reigning, ruling and reigning with him in eternity. It says that all of creation is waiting with bated breath for the sons and daughters of God to be revealed. The revealing of who we are in the light of the resurrection. I did say I was closing. So let's just do that. I want to live in the power of his resurrection. I want to know what it means to be crucified with Christ, but also raised with him. I want my testimony to be the testimony that my life has been changed and transformed, that I'm no longer that old, old person that was going the path of destruction, but I'm living in the light and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. So what's your testimony? Have you had that defining moment? Just put your hand up. If you've had that defining moment that you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, that you're not ashamed to say that Christ is my Lord. Maybe, it's, maybe you were very young. Maybe you prayed a prayer in Sunday school. You know, I don't remember praying a prayer. I've been a Christian all my life. But as many times I've surrendered to him. There's many times that I've said, Holy Spirit, come into my life. I remember at seven years old, I was at one of these Christian camps, and they said, does anyone want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? And I said, me, me. And I go up the front there, and the, the leaders there, they prayed for me, and I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And for me, that was my defining moment. Happened again the day after my 18th birthday when I said, Lord, I surrender. 
I can't live this life without you. As a teenager, you know, I'd wasted so many years just doing what I wanted to do. And I said, no more. No more. I surrender. I remember it June the 2nd, 1991. Now you can work out how old I am. God, I surrender. That was one of my defining moments. I left home that day. I went, I went to work for a church down in Kent. And I left that old life behind. You know, I used to think partying and going out and doing whatever I wanted to do was, I don't know, some form of escape. But you know what? I was never happy. I was never happy here. Not without Jesus. I know he never left me, but in my mind, I kind of just wandered and I had to come running home. I was like that second son that, that was wasting, wasteful living. Maybe this is you. Maybe you've wasted something. You know, you've wasted opportunities. I know our, our time is up, but just let's take a moment. Maybe today can be your defining moment. Maybe you feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit coming upon your heart as you close your eyes and bow your heads just for a moment. Wouldn't it be amazing if your defining moment was this Easter Sunday, this Resurrection Sunday 2022? And you said, God, I'm done living my old life. I'm done doing what I want to do. I want to follow you. I'm done living without purpose. I'm done living in depression and darkness. I'm done. Done. And I choose you. I choose you now. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Fill afresh and anew. Come Holy Spirit. More powerfully. Come Holy Spirit even more powerfully. For Jesus Christ's sake. Come Holy Spirit. Come. Come Holy Spirit. Come.